everyone. Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast. I'm your host, Julia Mon, and with me, Father, Father Sean, Sean Wilson. Hey, Father Sean, how's I'm, it going? I'm f- no, known as Father Sean Break Your Mic Wilson. <laughs> what happened over there? Well, I went to adjust the mic, and yeah. the whole thing came out of the came out of the mount. You and um, but I think it's better now. Right? You fixed it way faster than I was hoping. It really. It's just a little turn knobby, right? I was I was hoping I'd catch you so off guard. You'd be so flustered. You'd have to be holding this mic the whole time this is not that, a good mic to hold but. That, yeah um that's not what's gonna happen unless something changes but good try good try i i applaud the effort uh-huh. right. so to kind of catch me off guard right anyway here back. we are here we yeah, are back that's new well since uh the last time we spoke um ten minutes ago. yeah 10 minutes <laughs> ago we we're recording a, a double podcast mm-hmm. Not a whole lot. Yeah. We prayed a little bit in between sure. the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, we prayed Psalm 88 for mm-hmm. daytime prayer. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a potent psalm right there. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Tell the good people about Psalm 88. You should do that. That's a great psalm. <clears throat> Tell the good people. Okay. Psalm 88 yeah. is the 88th of the psalms. And um, so traditionally, Psalm 88, well... Let's see. In in uh, in Jerusalem, there's a place, uh, Eastern Orthodox monastery that is built over the place where our Lord spent the night in prison. So mm-hmm. they turned the prison into a monastery. Mm-hmm. And in the cell or the area where the cell that Christ would have been, there's always a Bible open to Psalm 88, as traditionally the Lord lives Psalm 88, which um, is the least hopeful, I think, of all the Psalms. It ends with... Um, my one companion is darkness. Mm-hmm. Normally the Psalms end with hope or, you know, trust in the Lord. This one ends with basically an acceptance of darkness. It's called in this, in this, this is the, uh, N-A-B-R-E, New American Bible revised. Mm-hmm. The, the title of it is a despairing lament. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't even know if that's strong enough, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My one companion is darkness. It really is beautiful. And we can mm-hmm. you can read this and be like, wow, that's really harsh. But we've all had moments where like f- absolutely feel totally abandoned, mm-hmm. alone. But what did you say? It's like that resolved, like Christ is... Resolved to accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To not right. say like, ah, this is so awful. Why me? Yeah. You know, and to like turn bitter and angry, but mm-hmm. say, okay, this is where I am. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is where the Lord wants me. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyways, it's daytime prayer on Tuesday every fourth week. Mm -hmm. And night prayer, it's the psalm every Friday, Mm -hmm. which is a fitting day for it to happen, right? As darkness falls upon the earth when Christ dies on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Let's pray Psalm 88. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful, Psalm 88. It is. It is. So So. homework for the week. We can all pray with that a little bit. Yeah, pray Psalm 88. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this on a Friday, you can pray night prayer. A despairing lament. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I say it with a chuckle, but it is beautiful. Yeah, it is yeah. beautiful. It's not a happy, clappy psalm. You ever, you ever meet people? You know, like each of us, our souls are so beautiful and so unique, and like each, oh, it's that, this mic is coming Let's out for the end of this. Really yes, I, I'm just gonna tap that out of there. But like, I feel like each of us like embody Christ in a different way. Like we bring a, a beautiful aspect of Christ into the world in a different way. way you know, that's mm-hmm. unique to our soul. And there's some souls that are so deep. And even despairing at times, but you can see that beauty of them. Like mm. this is a Psalm 88 soul right here, mm. and you can see the beauty of it. Like mm-hmm. Psalm 88 soul right here. But it, there's beauty in that, and like there is. living, like living in that darkness. As long as you're not, yeah. Anyway, anyhow, Psalm 88 souls. I mm-hmm. read you. Okay. 
Well, what are we doing today? We're going to talk about the Our Father. Oh, yep. Yeah. We should pray first, though. Let's do so that. let's start with prayer, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about prayer. Sounds good. In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks for teaching us how to pray, that at the rep- request of the apostles, you taught them, you gave them this incredible prayer of the Our Father. You ask that you may, We ask that you may always help us to, to understand, to pray it fervently, to, um, in a deeper way, each, each and every moment of our lives. And we entrust this time into your merciful love as we pray the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who, who art, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Paragraphs 2803 to 2827-2803-28. We're going to have to boogie. Yeah. Our Father, petitions one through three, plus a couple paragraphs that are just an intro about what we're getting in the Our Father with the seven petitions. Mm-hmm. And where are we at in the catechism? We're, the, we're, near, we're getting near the end. Yeah. So the uh, catechism ends, the whole fourth section is on prayer. Mm-hmm. And the second half of that part mm-hmm. is uh, all about the Our Father. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple introductory aspects of the Our Father, mm-hmm. talking about calling God Father. And, mm-hmm. and then it deals with each of the seven petitions. So we're doing one through three today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, thy kingdom come. come. Thy will be done. Right. Okay. So the first, the introductory paragraphs here, 2803 to 2806. Hmm. Let's see. What do we want to highlight here? Anything? Uh, the, it just distinguishes that the first three mm-hmm. are more directed, more theological. So they draw us to the glory of God the Father. Mm-hmm. And then the the second four, or the, the next four, mm-hmm. are more asking the Lord for his, for his help. So mm-hmm. those are directed towards the Lord, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, hallowed be thy name. And then the, the, the second part, the, the last four, mm-hmm. are more directed towards, right, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our trespasses. So those seem to be directed, the first three, towards mm-hmm. the Lord, the next four, towards the Lord helping us in mm-hmm. some particular way. Mm-hmm. And us drawing the whole world into his into his Fatherly embrace. embrace. Yes, exactly. Let Papa Bear get his paws around you, you <sighs> That's know? right. That's right. I'm not going to read all these paragraphs, but this, this does begin with just after we have placed ourselves in the presence of God our Father to adore and to love and to bless him, our Father who art in heaven. After we've done that, the spirit of adoption stirs up in our hearts seven petitions, seven blessings. Okay, right. The first hashtag three, blessed. Hashtag, hashtag broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Let me jump to um, this first position, p- position, petition I meant. By asking, hallowed be thy name, we enter into God's plan the sanctification of his name revealed first to Moses and then in Jesus by us and in us in every nation and in each man. By asking, hallowed be thy name, we enter into God's plan, the sanctification of his name. Mm-hmm. Hallowed be thy name. Right. So in some way, that's that's part of like the whole plan of God's work of the salvation of raising up Moses and the prophets and Christ dying is so that the whole world may be drawn back to the father's embrace mm-hmm. and his name be known and made holy amongst all of creation. So basically we're asking that to happen. Mm-hmm. May you gather all people together and may they all recognize the holiness of your name. Mm-hmm. Not that we can add anything to God's name, right? Like mm-hmm. not that it, 
his for his name to be holy, he needs us to do something. It's for all of us to recognize that God is holy and that we should uh, hallow his name. Yeah. Yeah, this this first sentence here in 2807, the term to hallow is to be understood here not primarily in its causative sense, because only God hallows makes holy, but above all in an evaluative an evaluative sense, to recognize as holy, to treat in a holy way. So mm-hmm. that this is happening. We we recognize that God is holy. Right. We you're worthy of our respect, our honor. We don't cause him to be holy. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're we're begging him to draw us all into that so Mm -hmm. that we all are honoring him and and worshiping him in the way that we should. Right. Okay. Um, The holiness of God is the inaccessible center of his eternal mystery. Wow, that's that's worthy of a ponder Mm -hmm. right there. Um, In making man in his image and likeness, God crowned him with glory and honor, but by sinning, man fell short of the glory of God. From that time on, God was to manifest his holiness by revealing and giving his name in order to restore man to the image of his creator. That's 2809. Yeah. Yeah. And so you think about just the, the name of God it, and is fully revealed in Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So there's a, there's parishes named the holy name of Jesus. January 3rd each year, we celebrate the feast of the holy name mm-hmm. of Jesus. And Jesus simply means God saves. So the name of God is the fact, is Jesus and God saves. So by reverencing the holy name of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, we're recognizing the fact that God comes to save us. So his work is his name mm-hmm. of saving us. Mm-hmm. January 3rd, so like eight days, like that, that like like when Jesus was named, you know? You know, it would be like after that because sure. the octave of Christmas uh-huh. is the uh, the first, uh-huh. and then so a couple days sure. after that. So that's okay. why that... Uh, feast is celebrated in that time period, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those days after Christmas. Sure. Okay. Um, in spite of the holy law that again and again their holy God gives them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And although the Lord shows patience for the sake of His name, the people turn away from the Holy One of Israel and profane His name among the nations. For this reason, the just one, the just ones of the old covenant, the poor survivors returned from exile, and the prophets burned with passion for the name. Sorry, so we're getting like the old the Old Testament, the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, okay. And then finally, in Jesus, the name of the Holy God is revealed and given to us in the flesh as Savior, revealed by what he is, by his word and by his sacrifice. Mm. The end of Christ's Passover, the Father gives him the name that is above all name, all names. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Right. So, mm-hmm. and that's from Philippians. There's this great hymn of Christ, and um, at His name, every knee shall bow. Every every, mm. Mm, and the train of thought has just. But we could get lost mm-hmm. in that. But maybe you notice there's a instruction in the uh, in the general instruction of the Roman Missal that every every time the name of Jesus is said, the priest is to give a slight bow of mm-hmm. uh, of his head. Mm-hmm. In remembrance of what Saint Paul says, at every at the name of Jesus, every every knee shall bow. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not supposed to be something like dramatic mm-hmm. and kind of over the top, mm-hmm. um, but just a slight a slight acknowledgement at the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and the name of Mary and whatever saint it is, their feast day. Okay. So yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. You mentioned that with um, with Bishop Earl Fernandez, his mm. mass, like right that he when he was ordained, like right, like he, did he take his 
hat off every time Jesus was mentioned. You mentioned something like that. Well, in the I'm old sure in the old mass when you're wearing a beretta, beretta so that sure. kind of priest yeah. uh, boxy looking hat, you yeah. would, every time the name of Jesus is, you mm-hmm. take off the beretta mm-hmm. name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. So story time. Yeah, of course. Uh, so at Father Andrew Hess's first mass, mm-hmm. somebody had an extra beretta, and mm-hmm. I I don't own a beretta. I don't ever wear one, but mm-hmm. uh, they're like, hey. Oh, Sean, you want to wear this Beretta? Mm-hmm. Why not? Somebody's first mass. Mm-hmm. So myself, and I believe Father Peter Langenkamp was mm-hmm. sitting next to me, also wearing a Beretta. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as the homily was going on, somebody was preaching, and we're tr- doing our best every time at the name of Jesus. And somebody after mass pointed out, they said, uh, uh, we could tell that you guys didn't exactly, you know, you were you were newbies at this because it was clear that Father Frank Amberger was in front of you and you were just <laughs> realized you should take off your Beretta every time he did. Yeah. So, you know, keep yeah. practicing is keep basically right. what we were told. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, that, uh, you know, anyway. shout out to Father Frank Amberger. Oh. I, there's a there's a good chance he doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> or any podcast, chance. but he's a good holy man, that's for sure. Oh, so, oh Father Frank Amberger. So... Fun fact about Father Frank Hamburger. He mm-hmm. knows this. I know this. I've said this before, just not on this podcast. But you know, when I was a uh, fallen away sheep, very, mm-hmm. very lost in the world, he was who I made my first confession back oh, to. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. he holds an incredibly special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Even hearing his voice is like balm. It's like, oh. Like, yeah. Anyway, I saw him at the ordination mass, just like, like tears, you know, because of what the Lord did. Mm. The mercy of God, mm-hmm. you know, that's make a reach, go back to confession, hashtag go to confession. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, okay. This petition embodies all the others, like the six petitions that follow it. It is fulfilled by the prayer of Christ. Prayer to our Father is our prayer if it is prayed in the name of Jesus. Okay, sorry. So I was reading the last paragraph mm-hmm. there. Um, so any with, with that, with this first petition, hallowed be thy name. I don't think so. Hallowed that, be thy name. Yeah. Okay. So then we jump into... Well, yeah, sorry. I guess just uh, maybe a reminder. Our mm-hmm. Lord gives us this prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is not the concoction of years of trial and error, mm-hmm. which is all good things. But mm-hmm. our Lord gives this prayer when the disciples ask us or ask him to teach us how to pray. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got to think there's some divine logic going on in this prayer. Mm-hmm. If beginning with the... Uh, hallowed be thy name, right? That's mm-hmm. what the Lord Jesus Christ wanted our prayers to begin with. Mm-hmm. So just even the ordering, showing priority and all of that, I mean, remember, this comes from the heart and the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jumping to the in brief paragraph about the second petition. By the second petition, the church looks first to Christ's return and the final coming of the reign of God. It also prays for the growth of the kingdom of God in the today of our own lives. So we're looking ahead for the kingdom to come and also that this kingdom might grow mm-hmm. in our own lives, right? Right. Okay. And Christ constantly preaches about the kingdom. That's mm-hmm. why that third luminous mystery is the proclamation of the kingdom because mm-hmm. that's what Christ is constantly talking about the kingdom, especially in Matthew's gospel, but in really all the gospels. He talks about, you know, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed or repent and believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand is mm-hmm. the, the the preaching of John the or John the Baptist. So so the kingdom is like Christ's obsession. Mm-hmm. And this first paragraph talks about the different aspects of the kingdom, talks about the Greek word that he uses for kingdom. So it's an abstract noun, just meaning like there's kingship, a concrete noun, or the reign. So mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is the reign of the king. So wherever mm-hmm. the king's reigning, 
Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So it's praying for this kingdom of Christ to come, which is already present in our midst, but not yet fully realized in the uh, final consummation of the world. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, yeah, thy kingdom has come, but thy kingdom is still coming. So come, Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. which is the next paragraph, Mm -hmm. 2817, Maranatha. This petition is Maranatha, the cry of the Spirit and the Bride. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, that's beautiful. In the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come refers primarily to the final coming of the reign of God through Christ's return, but far from distracting the church from her mission in this present world, this desire commits her to it all the more strongly. Mm. So we're praying for the Lord to come, but right. but it's not like, okay, so he's coming someday, I'm out over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. We'll just wait around or mm-hmm. we'll do our thing till he comes back. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we have to urgently mm-hmm. prepare the world for mm-hmm. the kingdom to come. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The end time in which we live is the age of the outpouring of the Spirit. Ever since Pentecost, a decisive battle has been joined between the flesh and the Spirit. This end time in which we leave, live, the outpouring of the Spirit. Of course, this end time being this time after Christ mm-hmm. has come to us in the right. flesh. Right? Not just like things are so bad yes. that uh, Christ is going to come back soon because right. things are bad. Right. Um, it's the end time. Basically, the Holy Spirit has been poured out now mm-hmm. since the time of Pentecost is the end time. Mm-hmm. Right. In the whole economy of salvation, whole right. salvation history. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so we have to distinguish certain things. So 2820 is, this is just a great practical reminder. By discernment according to the Spirit, Christians have to distinguish between the growth of the reign of God and the progress of culture and society in which they are involved. This distinction is not a separation. Man's vocation to eternal life does not suppress, but actually reinforces the duty to put into action in this world the energies and means received from the Creator to serve justice and peace. Mm-hmm. So it, basically what that's saying is we can't confuse and basically mean the same thing, the growth of the kingdom of God and human progress. Mm-hmm. Right? Those aren't necessarily the same thing, right? Getting more money doesn't mean the kingdom of God's at hand, or even like good things, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, a better better healthcare system. It's good that we care for the health of others and that people have good drinking water and kids actually get educated and all those sorts of things. But those are not the exact same thing as the growth of the kingdom of God. Now, those who are alive in the kingdom of God, those who are trying to grow in the kingdom, should do all of those things, mm-hmm. right? They should feed the poor. They should uh, help the sick. They should educate the youth. But just because uh, the human progress is happening does not mean that the kingdom is growing, right? Mm-hmm. But there's not an absolute separation either, mm-hmm. right? Like, so mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those mm-hmm. discernment things that we have to mm-hmm. see, are we, what are we serving? Mm-hmm. Whom are we serving? Mm-hmm. Right. You can't look at the at the temporal progress, how we would define progress in this world, mm-hmm. necessarily as that equals growth of the kingdom of God. Right. right? It doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't, but it doesn't, that's not the indicator yeah. that we look towards, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Okay. This petition is taken up and granted in the prayer of Jesus, which is present and effective in the Eucharist. It bears its fruit in new life in keeping with the Beatitudes. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Okay. And then we go into the third petition, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the third petition, we ask our Father to unite our will to that of his Son, so as to fulfill his plan of salvation in the life of the world. We ask 
to unite our will to that of his son. And of course, we get Jesus's example of this, of mm-hmm. him him conforming, him coming here to do the will of the Father, him conforming his will to that of the Father. We see this in the agony, you know, not my will, if, if possible, take this cup for me, but not my will, yours be done. We see this, as we talked about in Psalm 88, like his his surrender, his resignation to even the darkness. Like, yeah. I've accepted that reality. My one companion is darkness, and if that's what you want, okay. Like, so we get Jesus who comes to do the Father's will, and we look to that as our example. Like, we want to be conformed in that same way to, to Christ's will, to the Father's will for us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And part of the way we know his will is to follow his commandments. Mm-hmm. And the very first paragraph here, 28, 22, says, His commandment is that you love one another, even as I have loved you, mm-hmm. that you also love one another. So this great commandment that the Lord gives to love one another as we have first been loved mm-hmm. is his will. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately his will for us is that we may love him and love our neighbor. And we get this even when they get questioned, what's the greatest commandment? Mm-hmm. So how do we know the will of God? Well, we follow his commandments, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't, the nice thing is we don't have to guess like, what does yeah. God want me to do? And well, first and foremost, to follow his commandments, mm-hmm. you know, and, and love of God and love of our neighbor. Mm-hmm. That's a great start. Absolutely. And always look at those, those are growing mm-hmm. in that faith, hope, and charity. Like, are you growing in charity towards towards yourself, towards others, mm-hmm. right? Are you growing in faith? Are you growing in hope? Like, those things, yeah. We don't have to make it up. Praise God for that. Yeah, um, yeah. He has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ to gather up all things in him, right? Our Father desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. And so we look to Christ, Christ through Christ, God is drawing us all back into our Father's embrace. What was that you said so eloquently before? Something about a papa bear, something around. Getting his paws around right, you. There you go. Right? That was it. That was yeah. it, getting your paws around. Because yeah. bears have paws, not hands. Sure. Right? Something like that. It's a zoology lesson for oh, today. Oh, okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's ultimately his will, right? Mm-hmm. His will is to gather the whole world to himself. That's mm-hmm. ultimately what God wants, is to have, have the family around the dinner table again, so to speak. So, And Jesus gives us this example, right? Because Jesus has a human will and a divine will, which are completely in union with each mm-hmm. other. So he gives us the example. It's kind of 28, 24 says of submitting to the will. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that is one of the nice things and one of the the tough things is mm-hmm. that we don't have to guess as to what his will is. Mm-hmm. But that does that means we can't create God's will as to whatever we want it to be. Like mm-hmm. we clearly know what it is. Mm-hmm. And well there you have it, you mm-hmm. know. So this twenty eight twenty five was just yeah. Let me just read it. It's so beautiful. Although he was a son, Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. How much more reason have we sinful creatures to learn obedience, we who in him have become children of adoption? We ask our Father to unite our will to his sons in order to fulfill his will, his plan of salvation for the life of the world. We are radically incapable of this, but united with Jesus and with the power of his Holy Spirit, we can surrender our will to him and decide to choose what his Son has always chosen— to do what is pleasing to the Father. Jesus learns obedience through what he suffered. Mm-hmm. How much How much more must we recognize that we're going to have to learn this to be obedient, to allow right. ourselves to be conformed to his will and his likeness? And then just this reality. We are radically incapable of this. Like, we can't do this on our mm-hmm. own. We, we really need to enter into this with, with Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit to surrender our wills to mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. And the like the amazing thing of all of this is from it can sound crushing mm-hmm. right that all we do is we submit right like we give ourselves and we're like crushed like 
you know, like maybe a slave's freedom mm-hmm. is, is killed or is, you know, demolished. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not much better than killed, but, mm-hmm. um, but what actually it is in surrendering to the Lord's will for our, our lives and pre- and giving ourselves to him is actually greater freedom so that we can live as in freedom because we simply can know what the Lord's asking of us and we don't have to figure it out for mm-hmm. ourselves. So what submitting, what giving ourselves to him in obedience out of love as the father who loves us, not as the, the master who wants to keep his thumb on us mm-hmm. is that we grow as the freedom of, of children so mm-hmm. that we can, we can love well, we can experience joy and peace. So it's a good thing to give ourselves and surrender to the Lord. It is. And to remember too that it doesn't happen like like overnight, right? I mean, not for everybody. Well, for you. Well, <laughs> That's not true. Saying, sorry, let me read your pie chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my pie chart. Or sorry, nice. your quote. My no, no, that's funny. <laughs> pie chart. <laughs> my humility is what's most impressive, actually. That's on the quote board for me. It is. Right? It is. Well, it I, is impressive. So, so this... <laughs> He's just, I'm trying to dig him out. He's just keep going in. But this, this idea that we, this like living in this freedom of God's children, right? A beautiful thing, simple thing, but how difficult it is for us to actually be set to allow the Lord mm-hmm. to free us from all of this. Sorry, I'm just reminding, we don't have to go into this, but like we, we transition from this servile love, this mercy, like servile, like I'm your servant, I fear you, I better do what you right. ask. To I this, want heaven. Right. To this mercenary love, like, okay, I'll do it, but pay me, pay me. I, you know, I deserve, I'm worthy of this. Yeah. I've done everything you've asked and I'm worthy of this. Yeah. To, to find it like the Lord, as he grows us and as we, we are, we succumb more and more to his will for us and grow in charity and grow in faith and grow in hope. Then we really, we really fall into this, like this filial love mm-hmm. and even this spousal love with the Lord, right. right? Like, like we're in this together and I'm willing to suffer and die and even to the darkness, you know, right. if that's what, what he's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you think like. You could kind of talk about a parent and child relationship mm-hmm. with all of this. Um, so a, a, let's just say a parent tells a child to clean their room. The child first in the first stage would just do it because, well, I don't want to get grounded for not mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. So does it because they're afraid of getting punished? Mm-hmm. The second stage would be, well, OK, clean your room. OK, I'll do it. But it's only because you'll reward me. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll give me ice cream or something mm-hmm. like that if I clean my room. And then the third stage would be clean your room okay, I'll do it because I love you and that's what you're asking me to mm-hmm. do, right? Like, so you can mm-hmm. see the progression and th- that comes in our spiritual life Absolutely. too, right? Our purifying our desires, right? It's still mm-hmm. good to clean your room no matter what your motivation Absolutely. is and the Lord can work with that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just afraid of being sent to hell or wanting ice cream, mm-hmm. he can work with that. <laughs> my, my son asked me yesterday, I asked him to do something and he just very honestly said, why do I have to do everything that you asked me to do? My, mm. my dad happened to be in the room. He thought it was hilarious. Like, of course Like, great he did. question. Yeah. But, what did you, how did you respond? Um, <laughs> way over his intellectual level, I think, mm. but something to the effect of, because I'm your mom and you need to learn how to be obedient to me in order to be obedient to sure. God, the father. And it's good for you to do that. Mm-hmm. So something like that, that was way more than what he wanted. I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> but sure. it was more than just because I told you to. Right. <laughs> right. Fourth commandment, AJ. That's right. Fourth commandment. That's right. So 2826, by prayer we can discern what the will of God and obtain endurance to do it. Jesus teaches us that one enters the kingdom of heaven not by speaking words, but by doing the will of my Father. Mm. So prayer and action, mm-hmm. acting upon what we experience in prayer is how we do the will of God. Mm. What we do matters. Oh, that's, sorry. Jesus teaches us that one enters the kingdom of heaven not by speaking words, but by doing the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Our, what we do matters. 
Okay. Yeah. Not by just saying, oh, I love God so much. Mm-hmm. It's actually, well, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, part of like, part of your, who you are coming and forming to that is in the beginning, you just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not feeling it, even yeah. if you're like, I don't get it. Right. I don't know. Like part of it is you just do it. Right. <laughs> in the beginning. So if anyone mm-hmm. is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Such is the power of the church's prayer in the name of her Lord, above all in the Eucharist. Her prayer is also a communion of intercession with the All-Holy Mother of God and all the saints who have been pleasing to the Lord because they willed his will alone. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. We enter fully into this. So the Our Father, Christ gives us this prayer. Mm-hmm. Yes, he gives us this prayer. And I'll close with that in Matthew's gospel where we get that. We we, we ask the, the apostles, ask the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And this is the prayer. So to keep that in mind, we're, we're beckoning the Lord, mm-hmm. our Father who art in heaven. And then we have these seven petitions. Right. Right. And the first three are directed primarily towards mm-hmm. him and us mm-hmm. being in right relationship with him. Mm-hmm. The next four which I think we've talked about six and seven, maybe not I four think, and five. Yeah, correct. Um, yeah, are about asking the Lord to bless us in particular mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. Anything well, else? I think that's a wrap. Hmm. Okay. So as you cross that off, I'll just read the um, in brief twenty eight fifty seven in the Our Father. The object of the first three petitions is the glory of the Father, the sanctification of His name, the coming of the kingdom, and the fulfillment. Of his will. Okay. Yep. That's what we talked about today. That is. All right. Where are we going? Somewhere (laughs) in the catechism. I had somewhere over the rainbow stuck in my head yesterday for a little while. Really? Mm. Well, thanks for... It'll now be stuck in all of our heads. Oh, I think I got social doctrine and economics. Okay. Or am I not in that? Uh, You're in there. Are you sure? Oh, wait. I don't know. Why are there two? One's not in that. Did you throw that other one? Yeah, I've thrown three already, Julia. Oh, sorry. Yeah. The bottom one. Is the bottom one in that, or do I need to keep throwing? It's in there. Okay. It's in there. (laughs) It's right on the line, a little below it. So. 2419, 2436, 18 paragraphs, social doctrine and economics. This is probably one that we're experts in. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's why you're like, are you sure it's in there? Yeah. Can we put that one off for another week? Well... There's some like kind of right along that edge. And so I was like, well. All right, let's do it. The Lord will be with us. Okay. Pray us out. And we will end with Matthew chapter 6. (laughs) Matthew. Verses uh, 9 through 13. (laughs) This is how you are to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not subject us to the final test, but deliver us from the evil one.